This talk is titled, as I've said, An Honest Heart, and it seems to me the best thing I can do this morning is to be honest. You may have picked up, if you were here last week, or you may have had conversations, that the deacons have been very kind and gracious to me in the past couple of weeks. Uh, Truth is, I got myself into a bit of a mess. I've done it for all the right reasons, and I've done it because, like you, I am human and flawed. But what I've done is to work myself into the ground. I've taken on things that I shouldn't have. I have said yes to things I should have said no to. And I have forgotten to take breaks or any time off. And I got myself to the point where I knew I couldn't go on. But I carried on anyway, trying to sustain it all. Then a couple of weeks ago, I hit a wall. Lisa spoke with the deacons because I didn't want to. The deacons immediately told me to take time off and to rest. And I am extremely grateful for their love and concern for not telling me to pull myself together and to get on with the job that they're paying me for. I'm also extremely grateful to Lisa who had the courage to speak the truth that I didn't want to speak. I didn't want to speak it I didn't want to speak it because I was terrified of becoming just another failure in ministry. Actually, the truth is, I think this is what I'm made for, and so to mess it up is just unthinkable. But I needed help. Because, actually, in truth, what Lucy said to Charlie Brown, she could have said to me, the whole trouble with you, Ian, is that you won't listen to what the trouble with you is. I knew I was in trouble. I'd actually known it for a little while. But I didn't want to listen to what the trouble with me was. Three things. I want to say this especially to the deacons, but I want to say it to all of you. Thank you for loving me enough to tell me to take time off over the summer. It's my choice to be here on a Sunday. No one's asked me to do that. I wanted to do that. Second, we all need a Nathan or a Lisa. Someone who will speak the truth into our lives. It is, in fact, God's gift. And I would simply say to you, don't despise it, however hard it might turn out to be. Sometimes, though, we need to be God's gift to others and we need to speak the truth into somebody else's life. Third, you would do well to listen to what the trouble with you is when God speaks. You would do well to listen to what the trouble with you is when God speaks. So I'm going to ask you this question this morning. You don't have to answer it. I wouldn't expect you to. What's the trouble with you this morning?
How is your heart? Perhaps sometimes the biggest challenge we face is being honest with ourselves. So how is your heart? I'm going to pause and I'm going to pray and I'm going to pray for two things. I'm going to pray that if you are to be a Nathan to somebody, that you will do it graciously, gently, and with God's help. And I'm going to pray for your heart and mine, that today you would have the courage to face the truth about yourself. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that we can learn from people who are just like you, but somehow made it, just like us, but made it into your word. People who are human and flawed and get it wrong. And Father, we thank you for the gracious truth that you send people to speak truth into our lives. Help us to listen. But Father, if we need to speak truth into somebody else's life, would you help us to do it graciously, gently, and with your divine help? And Father, this morning as we open our hearts to you, I pray for myself and for us as we gather here this morning that we would have the courage to face the truth about our own heart. Father, would you meet us where we are and draw us closer to where you want us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Living an extraordinary, ordinary life probably, most probably, begins with an honest heart. It begins, actually, I think, with knowing who I really am before God himself. So, being honest about your own heart means being honest before God in the truth of God's bigger and better story. So here's the truth about God's bigger and better story. You'll know these verses really well. John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. When you live honestly in the truth of God's bigger and better story, the truth will set you free. When Jesus prays just before he goes to his crucifixion, I think he reveals what's on his heart. Turn to John chapter 17. It's a bit long, but I'm going to read it all, otherwise you don't get the whole power of it. John chapter 17. This is his prayer recorded for us just before he goes to the cross. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this, now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought your glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They are yours. You gave them to me and they have obeyed your word. Now they know that everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. I pray for them. 
I am not praying for the world, but for those you have given me, for they are yours. All I have is yours, and all you have is mine. And glory has come to me through them. I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Father, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by the name you gave me. None has been lost except the one doomed in destruction, so that scripture would be fulfilled. I am coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world, so that they may have the full message of my joy within them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world would know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. seems to me that the biggest thing that Jesus wants for people, that's people like you and me, is to live in the same relationship with God as he did. seems to me that when, that's what he prays for. He prays that we might enjoy God and the truth of God like he did. seems to me that's what he wants most. That's the truth. He most wants us to see the world the way he saw it. He most wants us to understand the world the way he understood it. He most wants us to live in the real and vital truth of the kingdom of the heavens. He most wants us to live in the truth about God himself. He most wants us to know what he knows. So what did Jesus know? He knew he was greatly loved by his Father. The truth about God is that you are greatly loved by your heavenly Father. Jesus knew that his Father simply could not love him more. The truth about God is that he cannot love you more than he does. He cannot love you any more today than he did yesterday and he will not be able to love you any more tomorrow than he does right now. There is nothing you can do that will make you love him more. 
And there is nothing you can do that will make him love you less. And as Marion read some promises about going through the fire and the water, you know where that comes from? That comes from Isaiah. That's the worst time in the history of Isaiah. And actually, the people have got themselves into that mess. They kept on doing what God says don't do. And God keeps saying, if you keep doing all that stuff, this is what's going to happen. Then this starts to happen. And even in that, even in that, they've got themselves there, just like I got myself into a mess. It's got nothing to do with God and everything to do with me. God still says, when you go through the water, I'm not going to abandon you. When you go through the fire, you're not going to be burned. Why? Because there's nothing you can do that will make him love you more. And there is nothing you can do that will make him love you less. Because he loves you, 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 because he loves you. That's the truth about God. An honest heart lives in the truth of God's bigger and better story. So how is your heart this morning? Truth is, friends, we must open our hearts to see God's great love for us, mustn't we? We simply cannot, you cannot, save yourself. I've tried it and it doesn't work. I thought if I worked a little bit harder, if I got in in the morning before everybody else and left after everybody else, if I kept saying yes to everything, and it doesn't work. Jesus understood that we don't want to listen to what the trouble with us is. But he showed us that God's love is so great that he made a way for us to live in that love. So how is your heart, friends? Now maybe the truth is, you know you have never opened your heart to God's immense, magnificent love for you. God is present here now, today. And you can, if you want to, open your heart to his most magnificent love for you. He is waiting, longing, hoping, and loving you. How much do you live in the truth of God's love? Jesus said that when we fully live in the truth of God's love, we have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about, Nothing to beat ourselves up about. He said that we'll be free from having to compare ourselves from others or compete with them. We'll not have to spend time trying to impress people or please them or avoid them. Jesus said that when we live in the truth of God's love, we will know that we are loved and cherished, that we are good enough. That we are accepted just as we are, no strings attached. And maybe today, what you most want to do in your heart is to open your heart again to the truth of God's love and his bigger and better story. So I'm going to pause and pray for two things. 
I'm going to pray for those of us who this morning want to open our hearts to God. And I'm going to pray for those who especially want to know how much they are loved by God right now. I went on a retreat on Thursday with some Baptist ministers and I read this. Until the unlimited, unbridled, unrelenting love of God takes root in your life. Until God's reckless pursuit of us captures our imagination. Until our head knowledge of God settles into our hearts through pure grace. Nothing really changes. Until the unlimited, unbridled and unrelenting love of God takes root in your life. Until God's reckless pursuit of us captures our imagination. Until our head knowledge of God settles into our hearts through pure grace, nothing really changes. Let's pray. Father, for those this morning here whom you know, want to open their hearts to you as they do that. As we do that, would we know the unlimited, unbridled and unrelenting love that you have for us. May it take root in our life. When we get a picture of your reckless pursuit of us that will capture our imagination, will you help your love to settle in our hearts through your grace and your mercy? And Father, would you change us? And Father, I pray especially for those who right now in these moments desire to know your love for them. Father, we ask that you'd meet us where we are and draw us closer to where you want us to be. Amen. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 5. It'll be a very familiar story to you, beginning at verse 1. Now a man named Ananias, together with his wife Sapphira, sold a piece of property. With his wife full knowledge, he kept part of the money for himself, but brought the rest and put it at the apostles' feet. Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? You have not lied just to human beings, but to God. When Ananias heard this, he fell down and died. A great fear seized all who heard what had happened. The main point, it seems to me, of this tragic story is that it teaches us just how much God prizes the truth. And and just in case you're wondering... It's probably not that he kept some money for himself that was the issue, but that he didn't tell the truth about the fact that that's what he'd done. The choice Ananias and Sapphira made not to tell the truth revealed their heart. How is your heart this morning? We might think that the consequences for Ananias and Sapphira were harsh. Perhaps the truth, though, is they destroyed themselves. Paul tells us that the wages of sin is death. To not speak the truth is sin. And friends, the last time I checked, 
the wages of sin is still death. Perhaps not the death of a body, but what about a marriage? Lies that eat away until trust comes crashing down. What about a conscience? Seems to me that the tragedy of the second lie is that it's always easier than the first lie. What about a career? Trying to cover up our mistakes. Trying to take advantage of the company. Students, what about cheating in an exam? Who are you really fooling? And how many of us, I wonder, are destroying ourselves because we simply won't accept the truth about our behaviour or our habits or our choices or our lifestyles? Who we really are before God? How many, I wonder, worship outwardly, but our hearts are far from God? Jeremiah 17 verse 9 tells us this. It tells us the truth about our hearts. The heart is deceitful above all things. Max Lucado in his book tells a story of a man who, I believe it's a true story, who pretended he could play the flute. And he managed to get his way into, I think it was the Russian uh, symphony orchestra. Couldn't play a note, but he managed to mime. And all was going well until one day he got asked to play a solo, which he knew he couldn't do. He took his own life because, and you know this phrase, he would not face the music. Friends, the cure of our hearts, in truth, is to face the music. Here's a much better way of understanding the truth of that known, well-known saying. The cure of a heart that is deceitful above all things is to open a heart to the love of the Father who loves you with his most magnificent love. The cure of our hearts is to have an honest heart before God. Open your heart to God and let him love you with his most immense and his most magnificent love. Then you will know more and more of the truth and the truth will more and more set you free. Free to live like God intended and to love as God intended. Then you will live a more extraordinary, ordinary life like Jesus did. Let's pray together.
Father, we ask very simply this morning that your truth would speak into our hearts. Father, we ask again that you'd meet us where we are and draw us closer to where you want us to be. Amen.